1: The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North.
0: Just one, just one before we die. It's not this year, guys. We're just going to put it out there. We're not getting that one this year. Your Minnesota Vikings now 0-3. Falling 28 24 to the Chargers this past weekend. I'm Jesse Pierce, the positivity on this show, if you will, but you will not believe that because today I have zero ounce of positivity for this team, but that's what you get. Luckily, it's hockey season where you can also find my work. He's our favorite sports dad, Mr. Judd Zolgad. He was out. Uh, oh, I like the Whalers. And over there, we got a good Whalers representation from our producer, Ross, who is joining us on a day off where he could have spent. Mourning the Vikings' loss alone and in solitary, but instead decided to join us to rouse up the Purple Faithful on another episode. Of Why Blue.
1: wouldn't you want to talk about this team today?
0: It's just, you know, I just
1: want one win before I die right now. Well, I don't, I don't, no, no. wins,
0: no
2: Let's commit go. to it. Commit oh, they're not going to, that's the problem. I know, they never I know. do, they're not I gonna. Know. I'm just waiting for the meaningless three-game win streak when they tell us we didn't believe and now everyone's hopes get back up. Yep. That's coming too. Uh
1: well, let's hope that starts after Kansas City. Could we get This is a must-loss coming up this next weekend.
0: I mean, we'll get into all that first. I just would like a moment of silence for Minnesota sports as a whole from across the weekend, so please. Yep. Yeah, cuz it sucked. It was not not good. There's no good way to put that. It was I mean, it wasn't uh Miami Dolphins destroying the Denver Broncos. I mean, Colorado, that state had a pretty tough weekend for college football and pro football as well. But it's just more painful to be us. So uh, how is everybody feeling? Now it's setting up for a doozy of a weekend. Two 0-3 teams uh, with the Carolina Panthers on the horizon. I believe Adam Thielen, our beloved Adam Thielen, who I don't know if you guys know this, is from Minnesota, I think. Actually, I think he played college football in Minnesota. Played for the Vikings
1: too, I believe. Undrafted, yeah,
0: before, yeah undrafted. In case yep. that's news to anybody, but he said it's feeling like playoffs, and I was like, this is of the turd bowl." Like it's not. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, two three teams that are. I mean, I don't know at this point. It's a seventeen game season, so there's a lot left. But man, two of these three defeats, you know the 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 Eagles' loss was tough to watch, but I get it. You're in Philadelphia, but I mean two of your home games. And by the way, you don't have nine, you have eight and you've lost two home games to two teams that you should have beaten. And now to Ross's point, you got the chiefs next. And my only question is, is Tay-Tay going to be in a suite watching (laughs) Travis Kelsey?
1: You know, we, we might get to that a little bit later on at Carolina, then Kansas city, it's funny. I think snowball, John. I honestly think if the Vikings would have won in Week One against Tampa, they probably win in Week Three against the Chargers. But doubt starts to creep into your head maybe when you're zero two. You've had things go against you. And by the way, last week we joked about can the 2023 Minnesota Vikings pass the 1965 Minnesota or excuse me, Pittsburgh Steelers for the most turnovers all time in a season. Well they did nothing to slow that pace down yeah. yesterday adding 3 more so what 9 and 3 games and John Jesse I'd be interested to get your thoughts and takes on this but a lot of the angst on Twitter and I get it rightfully goes towards the head coach and we see a lot of tweets about play calling and I always think play calling is the easiest thing to point to in a loss Sometimes you can have play-calling issues when you win by two touchdowns, but nobody notices it because you won the game. I don't think you can really point at the play-calling until you can stop turning the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over three times yesterday, you win. And let's not get started on tight ends not being able to hold on to the ball in the end zone. Bad weekend for Minnesota tight ends at the goal line.
0: I mean, just in general, I, KLC likes to blame the fans and their loud noise at US Bank Stadium. Apparently, you brought never the noise a good too thing. Much. By
1: the way, never no. good to blame the fans for anything.
0: Not a great way. You're lucky that they were making any noise at that atrocious game at that juncture of time. I mean, if if Kirk Cousins sacked up and spiked the ball and took control, like it, literally, like a pee wee team could do that. I think they did it in Little Giants better than uh, than Kirk Cousins. I mean, between that and the fumbles. You're right, Ross. That to me is the devastating part. It's sloppy. It's messy. Like I can take a loss and that's fine, but these losses, the Vikings are shooting themselves in both feet every single time, like catch the darn ball. Like that's what you're paid to do. I do love uh Judd that Kevin O'Connell said today, if guys can't stop fumbling the ball, we'll find people who can hold on to the ball. Do you think that that means he's going to make significant changes or is it just a nice quote for our newspapers?
2: I think it's a nice quote right now, but I mean, at some point in time, what, um, they're going to have to do something. I I like the fact that this is the first time since he took over the team that he has basically issued any type of threat, which, and, and I mean, it's an accurate one if you can't, but here's so, but here's my question. And he did get fortunate twice in the fact that they weren't called fumbles. One, because of a really bad forward progress uh, call. But if you're going to lift guys that can't hold on to the football, why did Alexander Madison remain in the game a- after he fumbled twice? Both of them were negated for different reasons. But uh, come on, man. And then I didn't realize this till I, I went back and watched it. But if you saw the um, one of the plays at, on, I think it was the Vikings' last drive, a handoff to Madison that looked like it was actually supposed to be an RPO of sorts. Yes. yes. Uh, he, he ripped the ball out of Kirk's hands and almost fumbled it again. And Kirk just bit, finally just let go. It was clearly supposed to be a pass. So Kirk wanted the ball back and Madison ripped it from his hands. And if you watch that on TV, the ball like is lo- is, is like a jar for a second. So, um, If you're going to punish guys, which you should for fumbling, you probably should take them out quickly. But that Hawkinson's day was – it was fine statistically, but it's maddening to watch because this is why you have training camp and this is why you take part in training camp. That first – the first fumble is a strip. He's a tight end. He can't get stripped. Little guys get stripped. Not bulky men who are tight ends. And then the uh, the goal line play is a play – the one that he tipped up and got uh, picked off at the end, that's a play they practice in training camp all the time if you're taking part in the drills. And I'm not saying that the catch is made if he takes part in training camp. I'm saying the timing of the play is far superior if he takes part in training camp because that's something where the quarterback and the tight end, it's a bang-bang play. They have to be on the same page. Uh, There's just a lot of flaws here. There's a lot of flaws here. Yes, they got a lot of luck last year. Yes, they are not getting a lot of luck now. But the reality is this. They they deserve to lose games. Like, they're doing enough to lose games. And when you can't hang on to the football, when your quarterback does not have the cojones to clock the ball, I went back and watched that play. I've watched it now 10 times. And I've come to the conclusion Kirk didn't even think about, he forgot he could clock the ball. No,
1: yeah. you can tell he never even thought about it because the entire time he's trying to hear the play call. He's trying to hear the play, but I mean, you gotta, yeah. but, but,
2: and, and here's the other thing. So the breakdown of that play, if you go back and watch it is actually at the, uh, with 30 seconds, 37 seconds left, Hawkinson catches the first down pass. TJ gets up and flips the ball to the official. Like it's a first down and it's college and the clock stopped, but it didn't. Watch that whole sequence. There is, no, there is no, they borderline huddling, John. They're, they're <laughs> muddle. They're, they call it a muddle huddle. And yeah, Kirk is like, got the clenched teeth and he's listening for the play. It's like, dude, get to line scrimmage, spike the ball. And then if something's wrong with your headset, you know who you tell the official, something's wrong with my, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was, I, I think Kirk for lack of a better term, you guys, I, I think he freaked out. Yeah. On,
0: I mean, it just, he's, He needs to be better than that. I think we said going into the season, right? He doesn't have that dog in him that I need for my quarterback. I want somebody that's going to take that step, make that initiative, make that freaking move, man. Like, just figure it out. You're not a rookie in this league. You know better than that. It's, It's just a mistake. And again, it goes back to all the mistakes that the Minnesota Vikings are making. That's so frustrating. Like, this should not be happening at the professional level at all.
1: Was there a more quintessential Minnesota Vikings week as a fan or even Sunday than watching New Orleans dominate Green Bay for much of the day, somehow still losing? The Lions win. So both teams go to 2-1 and for a week. We even said it on this show, whether you wanted to believe it or not, hey, if the Vikings win, there's a chance they're maybe tied for first place or realistically only a game out of first place. Well, that doesn't happen. Both of those teams win. And then to go the Hawkinson route, Judd, you mentioned Sam LaPorta. I believe one of the picks that LaPorta was taken with was with the Vikings pick. And here LaPorta is setting all of these early season records for NFL tight ends, and the Vikings tight end is fumbling and not catching balls at the end zone. It's just, it's the classic woe is us, and this is why we do shows like Before I Die.
0: It is woe is us. It's, it's sad. Now, they can't do the can't play in the red zone. Can't hold on to the ball. They yep. can't blitz effectively. Like, is there anything like? Can we talk? I, I'm very harsh on defenses. I don't know why. In hockey, it's the goaltending. For me, in football, yeah. it's defense. Now, again, the kidding. defense is is not good at all. And yes, the offense is even bigger of a problem because you need your offense to go and score points. You need your offense to be effective when your defense is as trash as they are. But I mean, they blitzed eighty percent of the time yesterday and nothing to do nothing to slow nothing down. Is that a fixable problem? Can you fix at least one side of the ball? Can they at least fix one side of the ball in which side? I mean, I think offense again, yes, takes precedent. I need the offense to get it together. That old line is just the worst thing I've ever seen since, uh, my kid's painting he brought home from school the other day, but wow!
2: Uh, oh, you're, wow. you're attacking you're you're attacking the kids now. Okay. Well, look what the
1: Vikings have, have done, done to Jesse.
2: To yeah, wow! The, fa- the fangs are out.
0: Kid. It's the kid that's ranked third this week. That's all. At I mean, least
1: I mean, oh, okay, Dion. At least she didn't fair.
2: name the kid. She's <laughs> doing a she's doing an AP top three of her family <laughs> every week. I'm right. actually. You know what? Make it four. Throw throw the. Hubby in there too. Got to get in there too. That's true. So, yeah. AP, yeah. Jesse's AP top four. Yep. Okay. Rank him right now. Let's I, hear it.
0: I, you know, well, kid one, kid two, kid. No,
2: just kidding. Husband's, husband's number two. one, right? He's
0: probably at least two this week. Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. But the husband can fluctuate wildly.
0: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's definitely near the top usually.
1: Now, is it better to be one or better to be four? One is the worst, right? four would be the best one
0: is the best it's an ap
1: poll dude it's one is the best one is the best okay but that's kind of what i'm wondering though if they are number one are you grading it on who's making you the most angry right now or is number one who's making you the most happy
0: most happy the one that i like to have come on
1: come on we're (laughs) on the same page here it's It's all how you
0: phrase
2: the question
1: i just it's an associated
0: press pierce family poll i support it i think everybody should do that really just set the line what right that'll the, lead in great to my before I die that's the
1: APP right. associated Pierce pole
0: exactly, exactly I love it how well, do we good. but so <laughs> boys how do we fix either side of the ball again but how do we fix the defensive end of what they're trying or not trying to do
1: Judd if you don't mind I'm gonna hop in here first really quickly I think what we're seeing with the defense for as much as we want it to be fixed Is exactly what I think we thought. I think it's better, but it's not going to be leaps and bounds better. How can it be? The defense was largely filled with projects and taking a flyer on people outside of Brian Murphy Jr., who's been pretty darn good. You can nitpick him, but you can nitpick everybody over the grand scheme of a 60-minute football game. Growing up, I heard a quote that's always stuck with me. It doesn't really make any real sense, but it's funny and comparable here. You can't take... S ingredients and make great clam chowder. And I think that's kind of what the uh, defense is for the Minnesota Vikings. You don't have the best ingredients, so you can't make a great soup. So I don't know how much you can blame the chef on this one. I, I I really don't. I think I think the goal here is to just get incrementally better with what you have, and you're evaluating a lot of guys on one-year deals or short-term deals or not making a lot of money to see if they're a part of the defense going forward. I think the one thing we probably have learned, and I was kind of cautious on this. I think we talked about this in the preseason, you two. Was Brian Flores going to be here for the long haul, or was this make this a top 16 defense and I'm gone? Mm -hmm. I think at this point, it's more likely than not, he's here for at least two seasons. Because Mm -hmm. I just don't see how many teams, now maybe they won't hold it against him, but I don't see how many teams looking for a head coach are going to look at this defense at the end of the year and say, boy, that's the guy I want right now. Maybe they will, but we know the NFL loves to operate on recency bias. And I think if Brian Flores only has a defense that's right around 20th in the league, I don't know how that's going to excite many people to bring him in and be their head coach.
0: Uh, To be clear, through three games, the defense ranks 26th in points allowed at 27.3. They're 25th in the pass defense at 261.7 per game, 18th in the rush uh that's what, what more thinking. do you want? They're
1: better than last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I
2: think the issue is I, I actually think that the the secondary is not as big a disaster as we thought. Now that does include though that a Caleb Evans tipped that ball right to the Chargers receiver for the go-ahead touchdown. He should have picked it off or at the very least knocked it down. So that's a problem. Uh, I think the real problem though is the defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Hunter's a good player, but the problem is they're trying to rush to compensate for what is a line that is just not very good. And the other problem, and this falls on Kwesi's head, is Marcus Davenport has played four snaps so far. I was and like just going to ask that. And if you recall, we were talking about, okay, if Marcus Davenport can replace early season Zedarius Smith and it's a one-year, $13 million, make good contract, he's going to have a lot of incentive. And everyone from New Orleans said, be careful. This guy misses a lot of time. And so the reality is... The guys replacing Davenport, DJ Wanham and Pat Jones, just aren't that good. So there's an – and the the guy that they signed from the Packers, Dean Lowry, just not that good. So it's actually the defensive line. It can't get home and it can't stop the run. And I know the Chargers didn't run a lot, but go back and watch that game. A lot of what they did was, because Austin Eckler couldn't play, they used the pass as the run. So it was the same exact thing. It's a ton of – and – Justin Herbert's great, so don't get me wrong here, but it was a ton of short passing that basically served as pseudo runs, but that defensive line overall is just not good, and so I'm I'm with Ross. I think this has a lot to do with the fact that Brian Flores is just desperately trying to mix conco- concoctions that will work, but teams are smart. They can see what's on film. And there's only so much that you can do to get around the problems there. And so they, they basically are going to get exploited. But then, Jesse, to your point, okay, you, this isn't really a shock. Score more points.
1: And that's what yeah. the Vikings aren't doing. This is a direct talking point from the preseason. We talked about this on this pod. If you don't get pressure with the front four, you're going to get burned in the passing game because yeah. this, this – secondary is too inexperienced and frankly, probably not good enough to hold up when you're bringing extra pressure and they have to play one-on-one. So if they can't get home with the front four or even three at times, that spells disaster for the defense. And that's where we're at so far through three games. I think Justin Herbert, I kind of laugh. Have you guys heard Justin Kirkbert? People have called him that, that he's just kind of a stat stuffer, empty quarterback. It's funny to me, but also in his defense, I think he's kind of been in a, I'm not think, I think we all know he's been in a very archaic situation with the franchise that he plays for. Did he have a game that should send him to the NFL Hall of Fame yesterday? No, because I think you have to consider the opponent. But you look at the things that he does as far as evading pressure when the Vikings would get pressure. And I don't want to turn this all around on Kirk Cousins, but those are just things Kirk Cousins can't do on the offensive side of the ball. And then you start to get quarterback envy already. And you know what? Jesse, you remember from last year, you and I were very skeptical all season and took heat for being skeptical all season. I've seen enough. Like, I don't think it's. Immediate tank mode. I think it might be still a tad early, and this is me saying this, who almost always wants to tank. But you are there. I mean, you're on the. Do- if you're not there, you're on the doorstep of being there. And, and I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins at his age is not a part of this franchise's next run towards a Super Bowl. So you have to be thinking right now. If you're crazy in your KOC, what are we doing in the off season at quarterback? And what does the long term of this franchise look like? Because they're going to get one shot at this, and if they keep running it back, I think it actually is going to hurt them keeping their jobs if they're just going to always be stuck in the middle. Quasi needs to go to the Wilfs, and Jesse, in my opinion, and say, "You hired me to do a job. Let me do it. I've tried doing it your way. We've tried the competitive rebuild." We've tried cobbling it together to get to the playoffs and be this cute little team and see what happens when we get there. It's not working. Let me tear it down and build it back up again. I think that just has to be done. If we're not at that point in the season yet, we are dangerously close to being there. And a loss at Carolina, I think, would firmly put you in tank mode.
0: I think, Kurt... Uh would like to start going J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 possibly, right? No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. It's like you're reading my mind, Ross, because that was going to be the next talking point. So, Judd, certainly, if you have anything to elaborate on Kirk, it just kind of seems the writing is on the wall, that the Vikings need to probably move on from Kirk Cousins, you know, after this season or at some point during this season. And I know our Kirk faithful are going to be very sad to hear that because they love to think over at Purple Daily, we hate on Kirk 24-7, that's not the case, but 64% completion uh, against the Chargers. Three touchdowns, one interception. Just each week has been a little bit worse for Kirk. And again, that's the offensive line's fault more than it is Kirk's fault, but he still needs to take a hold. The the killer yesterday, again, was his lack of leadership out there on the field. That's what I need from a quarterback is not only – to be a good quarterback, put the ball in the right people's hands, but to be able to make those on-the-fly decisions, which we have seen season and season again that Kirk just simply can't do.
2: I don't think Kirk is going to come back. I do I do think that he will not approve a trade, though. Um, I, I think the only way Kirk would approve a trade is if he got an immediate contract extension. So I don't think he would approve a trade to go play out his contract elsewhere. I mean, that's not sort of how Kirk rolls and operates. Um, and also, guys, if you go back to 2020, this exact scenario presented yes. itself, mm-hmm. and we all said that they should dump, they won't. The Wilfs will not do it. I could tell you for sure. And this guy w- right now is, is in deep doo-doo in Chicago. So I'm not saying he would have been great, but Ryan, their first choice was Ryan Poles, who's now GM of the awful bears. And Paul supposedly said, I want to strip this thing down. And they said, no, they said, we don't do that. So Quasi is not in a position. I mean, one of the reasons why Quasi, who you know, as a young executive with no real background in this, he has a background in some football, but he doesn't have a background. I mean, he moved up about eight rungs very quickly. And one of the reasons why was he agreed to what the Wilfs want. So we're not going to see this. I, I, there's a far better chance the Vikings will win three to four consecutive games and m- try to make you believe that the season's going to be turned around than they actually go to the deadline and make trades. Because in 2020, I was all about it. I was all about, you know what? Ngakwe got traded. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's start. Harrison Smith, Thielen, Kendricks. Like, you go back and think about the guys. They could have traded, heck, before last year. Thielen and Kendricks. And they didn't. They won't approve it. I'd be shocked if they did. i covered the Wilsons since 2005. And their whole thing is, let's try to be as competitive as possible until the final gun sounds.
1: So I think we're stuck here, you guys. I think we are stuck but the saving grace here could be the schedule. When you talk about going at Carolina, which is a road game against a team that actually does want to win games, like they'll they'll try and win that game. And and by the way, also separate talking point, is it actually worse for the Vikings if Andy Dalton plays versus an inexperienced Bryce Young? If you actually want to win the game, the Vikings may want to see Bryce Young over Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton played pretty well in Seattle yesterday, but you're at Carolina who's 0-3. Home against Kansas City, probably a loss. At Chicago, you'd like to think you'd win the game, but hey, we'd also like to think the Vikings would be two and one right now. <laughs> Home against San Francisco was undefeated, mm-hmm. and at Green Bay, let's just say you win three of those, you're three and five at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you really think at three and five they would look at this team and say we need to stand pat? I think they would look at that and say anything of value. Which, by the way. You never get that much for NFL players unless you're trading for a draft pick or a superstar. But wouldn't you look at that at three and five and say, hey, Harrison, we can send you to we can send you to the Niners who are seven and one and we'll pick up a fifth or sixth round pick. I don't know why you wouldn't do that, because at three and five, you're not more than likely not making the playoffs because you still have to get to nine and eight to at least have a chance. Does the anybody Vi- believe that's going to happen? The Wolves don't even believe that's going to happen. The Vikings in
2: 2020, and I believe the trade de- deadline hit at the bye week, which was very convenient. <laughs> the Vikings in 2020 were one and five, and they traded in Gakwe and no one else. And they then won three consecutive yes. and four or five, six, and five of six. There is a better chance they will try to do But But so you were in 2020, you were dead. Like you weren't on life support, you were dead, it looked like. And they had a chance to trade veterans, and they traded one guy, and it was a late pickup, who was who was not a a, a fit. That's all I'm saying. They don't do it. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. okay. How about this? And please both weigh in. The J team, Judd and Jesse. Is it fair to start questioning if they even know what they're doing? But what, what you bring in Dalton Reisner, who not knowing the playbook would be better than Ed Ingram. How could he not? How could he not be on the field? Is he not on? Was he not on the field because Garrett Bradbury wasn't playing and they didn't? Typically, when you bring somebody in the center, can really help the guard or with or with the line. Explain what's happening. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. He should have been playing. You mean to tell me Cam Akers couldn't get caught up to speed with a coach that he knows enough to be on the field? Maybe catch a few passes. You're bringing guys in when your season is on the line already at. Oh, and two, and neither one does a damn thing of consequence. I don't understand what the bleep they're doing. Those guys should have been brought in before the season even started. And then you bring them in, and they do nothing. What what is the point? Now your season's over, and you just committed money to Dalton Reisner, and at the end of the day, you more than likely committed absolutely nothing for Cam Akers. So that doesn't bug me as much. But the Reisner thing is stupid to me. And he was in, he was in at the end of camp for a visit. It's just to me, it's inexplicable. It's dumb. He should have absolutely at least played a few series, and, and I don't get it. And maybe I'm overreacting. But to me, it was it's negligence that they weren't on the roster at the beginning of the year. And then it's negligence to not get them to the point of being able to play in a game you know you need to win.
0: And this has Justin. been this week's edition of Ross's rants.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that feel good.
1: it did it did it did did.
0: no i i mean you're absolutely right it is there's an incompetence that i don't think we can really understand why and it not even an incompetence necessarily is it arrogance here it's yeah like but also it seems to me a fear you don't want to you want it to make it seem to put on this facade that you know what you're doing like yep we are doing this and doing just enough quote unquote, just enough, like getting your Dalton Resner and and getting Cam Akers and saying, oh, look, but we did this. We are addressing the problem, even if it's not. They know it's not that even those pickups don't do a whole lot to move the needle for me. I mean, it's certainly better, but it's not like, oh, my gosh, yes, they're really committed to this. So I think part of it is it's an illusion that Quasi and company are kind of making to get through this season, because as Judd said, they're not allowed to do a full rebuild, but he knows that's the only thing that's going to fix any of the problems that the Minnesota Vikings are having.
2: Yeah, no, no sane football executive would ever say the term competitive re- rebuild unless they basically had a, a gun to their head and were being forced to talk about, hey, this is what I'm planning to do, without saying the, you know, I took this job because it's a great offer, but I don't have the control that I that I would like. So this is also um, and and Jesse, I mean you you have cover teams in this exact same predicament this is the first time that these two guys have had to deal with adversity as leaders Mm -hmm. like that changes everything last year was a a magic carpet ride and it was fun and yeah they they got a lot of breaks but you know what they still won 13 games um and everything went right but and i've always said this you know the the measure of a gm and a coach who we deal with a lot more than gms but the measure is this what happens when your phone rings at 3 a.m and a guy's been arrested or it's bad news about a player because now this is your problem i in fact i i asked o'connell this question before, uh in training camp last year i said you know as mcveigh's um oc kevin You were, okay, you know, McVeigh would call you so-and-so got in trouble. Okay, that's a pain in the ass, but I just have to scheme around that problem. (laughs) Now I'm in charge of that problem. Or this, what happens when the brakes don't go your way? What do you do? How do you fight it? How do you then, because this is where, and, and Baldelli experienced this, When the good guy act gets taken away, and now it's like, you can't be, you can't be the fun parent, (laughs) Jesse. You can't be, you know what, I'm sure it's all well and good when you got the kids in the back of the car, you're going to Mickey D's to get shakes and fries, right? (laughs) But what happens when a kid spills it or purposely throws a tantrum? Like, you can't be their friend, you're their parent. So there's just, to me, one of the most interesting things about being around sports is covering these variables of things that happen. And it's all well and good when you're on a hot streak and things are going great and everyone's yucking it up. But what happens when the tide turns and now you have to try to put an end to it and hold accountability on people who were probably like, I thought we were friends, Kevin. So it's a really interesting dynamic. And and I almost in some ways relish seeing it because you find out a lot more about people now than you do when they win 13 games, Jess.
0: You're absolutely right. Let's, leading into that, leading off of that rather, I think we got some interesting comments from YouTube that go along with the speculation and the things that we are all saying here, Ross.
2: Comments from YouTube.
1: All right. First comment up comes from Thomas Bugie 8074 on YouTube, who says, Embrace the suck and be bad for a season or two, and we can get a much brighter future. Question off of the comment When is it okay to embrace the suck? What's the record? And are we all ready there? Judd, why don't you start this one?
2: Well, I'm all for this. I mean, and anyone who knows me knows that I, I am all for tearing down, embracing the sock. And when and when luck is not on your, your side, if that's the case that, you know, that you would partially want to make about this team, embrace that too. Okay. <laughs> We're not getting the bounces. Guess what? We're going to lose some more games. Um, the problem is I just don't know, and this includes the Wills, but it also includes this roster. I don't know this team is – built to embrace the suck unless you did trade away Kirk Cousins and then you still got Jefferson. So this is a dicey one. This is a very dicey one because this team has huge flaws, but it also has some real talented players. Um and like I would do it personally right now. But that being said, I I don't think it's that uh simple. I think in 2020 it was simpler and the Vikings didn't embrace the suck, Jesse.
0: Mediocrity does nothing for me. It's like a tie. It's like, as the great Julie the Cat Gaffney once said, it's like kissing your brother. It does absolutely nothing. So you go out there and win a couple games because you're competitive and you want to prove that you have an edge. I don't care. Just suck. Just be bad then. Like, I don't need to be investing my time in you. It's fine. I don't need you to maybe make the playoffs or maybe make this little final push when we all know it's not going to happen. Like, I don't need the very mediocrity I don't I unlike a lot of us Minnesotans who have been like it's okay we'll be mild we'll be fine like no I don't need it you can be terrible for a little while if that means that you're going to be great for the future in the years to come so let's embrace the suck I think it sounds nice it's got a good ring to it It um you know go for it
1: my thought on this only four teams since 1990 have started 0 and three and made it to the playoffs this Vikings team does not seem like they would be one of them I do also typically think until you're eliminated or darn near close to being eliminated, you can play to win the games. But once you're eliminated, you should do the best you can to make it impossible to put a team on the field that can win. I think this is a season for the Vikings until they're officially eliminated. If they win and you're a fan that wants to win, enjoy it. If you're somebody like me who's ready to tear it down, rebuild, and hashtag be bad to get good... Anytime the team loses, you also celebrate that. So right now you're kind of in that weird situation where if the Vikings go to Carolina and win, I can say, okay, you know, maybe you turn your season around. Maybe you find a way to be the fifth team since 1990 to make it to the playoffs. Or you lose against Carolina, you laugh out loud, and you go, well, we'll be 0-5 in seven days too, and that's fine as well. Yeah, take me that road. One more for you. This comes from Timothy Thompson, 6780. Other than quarterback, which again, it all depends on how you want to phrase it and how you view Kirk Cousins, but other than the quarterback, what is the first position of need for the Minnesota Vikings? What is the biggest position of need when the Minnesota Vikings go to the podium in 2024 at the NFL Draft that is not the quarterback position Jesse, you can go first.
0: Somebody that can play center. Somebody that can run the ball. Somebody that can do basically anything else. Like you could (laughs) go down the line. There's not just a one singular need for the Minnesota. Somebody that can
1: hold on to the ball, Jesse. Somebody
0: (laughs) that could carry the ball. Again, my six-year-old's ready for the job. He could get up there and do it. And he's got a little bit of a grit to him. So watch out. Uh, No, I mean, I I wanted Alexander Madsen to to be good. I wanted him to be the guy, right? I, I just, I did. I thought that'd be nice. Like, oh, you know, Delvin Cook fine. I would like a running back. I would like a new running back. I would like somebody that can run the ball. Anybody that can run the ball. Well, hell, I'll get out there and do it for Kirk. I could do that uh, between that and a center. Somebody, I mean, again, that offensive line is so porous and it is so bad. It, It's also what's killing Kirk, right? So I will give, I'll be a little bit of a Kirk apologist there. That is absolutely what is drowning the offense is the O-line. So I'd go between a center or a running back personally. Jed?
2: I'll go on the other side of the ball. I will go um, a defensive tackle or defensive end, but I think a big defensive tackle would be fantastic. I Mm -hmm. I mean, assuming Flores is back, his system calls for one of those huge defensive tackles that people run into and they can't move. Jonathan Bullard had a a decent game yesterday, but I don't think that the long-term answer for what I'm talking about is on this team. And that defensive line is a real problem. Uh, But I, I think... Davenport's almost certainly going to be one and done. Hunter is in the last year of his contract. I would not be surprised if he does not return and so defensive end as well, but I'm looking at the defensive line, but Jesse's right. Like both lines, they need to be tougher. They are they they get, you know, you can call them soft. They get pushed around too much. They need to have they need to have some guys breathing fire on those lines. I mean, that's how you build a team. Look at San Francisco. So, either side of that line, um, aside from the offensive tackles, who I do like, needs a lot of
1: improvement. You win and lose in the trenches. Got to find somebody on the D-line or the offensive line. Up to the staff to figure out who that is and what position they play, but I would go offensive line or defensive line. Do you trust them? That's my question. I don't I know have, at this point. I have I don't trust know. issues. <laughs> I think I trust KOC enough still. I think I trust KOC enough still. There's been a- issues this year, but... I'm more worried about the GM who's had But we don't know what his, stellar drafts.
2: But this is the problem. We don't know who who does what. Like I think Quazy has control of the roster. So, um O'Connell like clearly pushed for Jordan Addison to be taken in the first round. But we all saw the clip where he was like Quazy make the pick and he's like, you know, and Quazy's trying to be cute. I might trade back 12 picks and I might do this and that. And then Quazy as far as I can tell, and again, there's a lot we don't we don't know here. Um Quazy his right-hand man is Ryan Grigson, who I think we've talked about, who was a miserable failure with the Colts. So like, like at least with with Jesse's team, the Wild, we know how it runs. Mm-hmm. Like, you can disagree with it, but you know how it runs. You, you know who does the cap. You know what Bill Guerin does. You know what Dean does, right? Football, they try to keep it very quiet. So you could trust KOC all you want, but if Kwesi has the contractual right, which I think he might to overrule KOC... That's what scares me here. And, I mean, I'm sorry, guys. That 2022 draft, it's basically sitting on the bench collecting mold. An entire draft.
1: Yeah. Aside from
2: aside from Ingram, who's a hot mess, as the kids <laughs> like to say, and a Caleb Evans, who tries hard and is okay, but, I mean, he tipped a ball to the receiver yesterday. Aside from that, you guys, look at the snaps. These
1: guys just don't yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. Lewis scene. You literally not trying to make another scene pun. You never see him. Yeah, I mean, but you don't. Special you don't, teams. He doesn't play at all. Doesn't they play. All play on,
2: they all plant special teams at times, and that's about it. You guys, it's bad. It's it, it's Riseborough. It's a Doug Risebrow Doug draft. Riseborough.
1: What a drop! Wow, there we go. What a is. drop! What a drop James, on the Vikings pod. James Shepard, come on down. <laughs> Benoit right Pouliot. Benoit Pouliot. Jeez.
2: Oh, the list goes on and on.
1: Oh, just because you like Shepard. Yeah, that's
2: that. that, that, Hey,
0: well, I no, but he was terrible. Absolutely awful. I wanted him to be good just because I thought he was a little cutie patootie. But no, (laughs) definitely not.
2: (laughs) Cutie patootie. Thanks. Thanks, Grandma Pierce.
0: Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, (laughs) Boys, speaking of grandmas and being old, let's get to our before I dies, shall we?
1: Time now for the before I die crew to give us their before I dies.
0: Roscoe, re- why don't you kick us off this week?
1: Just realizing now very quickly, though, Jesse, I think we can probably put the slash in 2023 on that little uh, intro right there.
0: Yeah, 100%. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> I don't think it's happening this year. Spoiler alert, not going to happen.
1: <laughs> Judd, but do you want Judd to kick us off? No, Roscoe. Oh, me, okay. She said you. Sorry. So I went to uh, recently, this. Recently, I was at, a, yeah, AdMeteor APP poll, Recently I was at a retailer in the area and I don't want to out the retailer but we've all we all go through this now it's everywhere anytime you check out anywhere it's the upsell to get something followed by another ask so oh thank you for coming in today by the way you can apply for our credit card oh by the way do you have our app I get really really tired of it but I ran into a person at the checkout That was so funny and so disinterested in her job she made fun with it so she's i'm literally standing there paying and she goes and by the way management would like me to tell you that you can apply for our credit card and if you sign up today management would also like to inform you that you can get this and i politely declined that and i was actually paying with a gift card and then she closes with thank you for shopping at such and such today Management would also like to inform me that, or inform you that you have X amount left on your gift card. <laughs> so, quit putting these people in position to ask for stuff that ninety-eight percent of us are going to say no to. If we wanted your credit card, if we wanted your app, we'd have it. You don't need. You, you don't need to make the person at checkout do the obligatory ask and do some competition where they might get a twenty-five-dollar gift card if they get the most people to sign up in a day. Stop it. Before I die, end it.
0: I'm shocked that you even had like a real person as a cashier. I don't know the last time I've had a uh, real interaction with a human. They're going being
1: away. They're, yeah. they're going away. Target, you almost have to use the yeah. Uh, they have like
0: one lane open. There's know,
1: another story boring. as to how I even ended up what? in the line because I actually try and avoid the people so I don't have to get that spiel. I, I got a question about that. Why?
2: Why? So like at targets, right? Where? Where? Jesse's right. They're down to like three cashiers maybe, but like it's an older, I I mean, targets were all built with a ton of checkout lanes. Yeah. When are they going to start to rip those out? And like, they can put other stuff there. Like you don't need, you don't use those checkout lanes and that's like real estate in your store.
0: Yeah. At least give us more like self checkouts. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like more baseball cards or something. Just give me something, some candy or something, you know? (laughs) But I mean, like there's this all this huge line and all the lights aside from three of them, Like, let's say there's 20 total uh, checkout stations, three lights are on, and then the rest is all of the um, self-serve, which all the kids go to now. Like, they they don't want to stand in line, and I don't blame them,
1: so... Just a question. It's weird. Do you guys have hard and fast rules for using the self checkout? Like, if you have too many items, do you need to go to the line, that or can be you? The always... Ideal,
0: but if you don't have a cashier, like, because I run into that at Target all the time. Usually, I do a Target pickup. Let's be honest, because I don't have. That's time what John to does. Do that, right? It's just easier. I do to get me. distracted by all the cool things that I want at Target that I didn't need. I could just get just get what I need out. Like but, I like, it. like, yeah, I would normally say, yeah, that should be like twenty items or less at most, right? Like, it's just, it's, it's so. It's so ridiculous. It's so silly. I, I don't mind doing it myself, but I, I like doing it myself also because I don't do an individual bag for every single item. Target loves to put items in like individual bags. That? It's so bizarre. I have no idea. They think we all need poop bags for our dogs in the backyard. I'm not sure. I like mean, I buy
1: those online. Yeah, Actually, Dawn does. <laughs> I'm shocked to learn that Judd is actually doing the pickup because you have to do stuff on the app for that, Judd. Dawn yeah. does it. Dawn does you just all. Go actually pick up. I go pick it. Up. I'm I'm mm. the got fetcher. It. Okay, got it. So okay.
2: I fetch food, I fetch groceries, because she'll she'll do do this with Cub. Uh and so then I'll go get the groceries, but I do nothing. I do none of the app work. Yeah,
0: that's okay. Because she's all smart
2: right. and I and I am productive, like as far as like I can go do things. Fair. Listen, like I'm it. not one of these guys who's like, oh, I'm the man of the house. uh uh-uh, uh uh. She runs the house. I just listen to what she says.
0: Smart man right there. Also Brilliant. a smart
2: man. Do you Who's have your
0: before I die?
2: High on the rankings, that's why. <laughs> yes. Very high in the husband rankings.
0: Uh-huh. What uh what you got for before I die this week, Judley?
2: Oh boy. Boy. I mean it was such a great weekend. Uh you know what? Before I die, I want to compile a really, really solid list of the greatest gopher football meltdowns of all time. Mm -hmm. I I was talking to uh, to Ross, who was in Evanston for the game on Saturday. (laughs) But, But here's the thing about the list, okay? Like, ordinarily, you've got, okay, these memorable, like the Vikings have heartbreaking losses that can be put on a list. I get that. But the gopher's? They so have dominated how to how to lose games in just a glorious fashion that they have different lists. They've got the 84-nothing Nebraska category, which can't be confused with what happened on Saturday, because that's not, you know. Getting boat raced is not a meltdown. You just got boat raced, but it's still 84 nothing, or what Oklahoma did. Then you've got, like, the Northwestern loss, the improbable to an awful team, a terrible program now. Uh, you got the Wisconsin loss in 2005. I want to put together a list of, like, there's, like, five categories of go for defeats. Before I die, I got to assemble that list because of the special nature of this program to lose in different but glorious
1: ways, including Saturday's game. Shameless plug here, Judd. Why don't you put together your list? I'll put together my list, include some honorable mentions, and we'll talk about it on the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota sports chat podcast. Okay. I
0: like it. I'll be tuning sure. in. Iowa State won this weekend, just in case you guys are oh, wondering. Who'd you. you beat though? So Oklahoma State.
2: Yes. Yeah, Oklahoma Gundy's
1: State. falling on really so, hard times.
2: So yeah. you lost to Ohio. So you lost to Ohio and beat Oklahoma State. They won
0: this weekend, Judd. That's all that we is care Matt- about. <laughs> <They> <laughs> got a victory Is Matt Campbell in play. trouble? <laughs> is Matt Campbell in trouble? Yeah, should have gone to the did, NFL. Did Matt try and
1: fight a fan again this weekend? Uh, it's. I don't know. I, I think watched there's, that. There's... What the hell is he doing? <laughs> I you know, have no they're a little. They're
0: passionate. They fan- got passionate fans down there.
1: Passion- Just don't pay attention to them. That's. You hear that even when you're winning games, people take shots at you. Just don't pay attention to the guy.
0: Well, they love him one year, they hate him the next. What are you going to do? Cyclone fans
1: aren't passionate, they're drunk.
0: (laughs) They're very drunk. Take us home,
1: Jesse Pierce.
0: Uh, Before I die, the school system and, like, the bus systems will go back to, like, carry like, I don't, I don't know how to word this. I don't want to go walk and wait at a bus stop for my kid. I want him to be able to walk to my house the 10 feet. I can well, see I was him. Gonna say, it's close. I Make can, sure yes. Yeah. Like I will specify it's not like I can see him from my window. I can see him from my front door. I want him to be able to just cherry on over. You know what I mean? Like we're he's over it. He doesn't, you know, he's not all like, Oh, I need my mom. Like he bikes around the neighborhood, like it's all good. There needs to be a little less of like you guys asked me earlier if this is more of a helicopter parenting no they're forcing us to be helicopter parents because they force us to be everywhere there's no consideration for jobs there's no consideration for those of us at the household it's just you know it's a lot
2: what happens to people who do work
0: Again, I don't I well, first of all, I work, Judd. Second of all, but no, I know like office. <laughs> yes, you
2: work very hard. I'm saying Judd's in, an office. in an <laughs> go to the that's a what, drop what down. happens what happens when people have to work in an that's office? That's just
0: I you I think you have to figure that out. Like that's just it. And again, they have an extended day, so an after school program, but our lovely district doesn't have enough staff to do it. So they were only able to approve like 30% of the people that needed this extra. Uh, care like myself because I had requested to do that because it would just be nice to have a full day to work and <laughs> unfortunately it's not. Now I know it's whining and moaning and things are far worse than they certainly are and I love being there for my kiddos when he gets off the bus but it's just silly. He can just walk the 10 feet down. It's fine. It was I, raining today. I had to wear my slippers outside like a real old person. It was I just like- want to point I know, out
1: I am in Jesse's school district, and I voted to give you more funding, and I don't even have children, so don't take this out on me,
0: okay? It's fine. It's fine. We're going to Matamita next year. Shout out, Zell. Oh,
1: you're pulling them out of school? Wow. Breaking news here on Before I Die.
0: If they get approved. I'm in with the superintendent. How do kids feel about this? Because they
1: probably got friends. They don't know. Did you just say they don't know?
0: No, (laughs) they don't. They don't have friends. They're in kindergarten. It's only one's in school. He's in kindergarten. In kindergarten, I had a best friend.
2: In oh. fact I in fact I just had drinks with with the guy because he, he's lived in Colorado for the past 49 years I had drinks with him like two weeks ago
0: he'll make first new time
2: friends. I've seen him he'll make new friends in blue and gold instead of orange and black that's you but, know that's how it is but then he moved in 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 first grade and I was inconsolable and cried so. see
0: first grades different yeah like he's moving in first grade it'll be fine we'll get him okay. in the Matami sports
2: will Come the bus up. drop him off
0: no I have to do that so that'll be a whole nother problem with me but that's just that's I'll
1: so you have to drive him to school now Yep. Uh, so note, Judd, next year we will Is be. Is not re- that good?
0: <laughs> number one in the state.
1: What's that? It's
0: like number one education in the state.
1: Used to be. Note to Judd: Next year's before I die records will either be at 5 a.m. or 11 p.m. to accommodate. Yeah, I was going to say 2 a.m.
2: Exactly. 2 a.m. <laughs> 2 Just wait. Bed by nine, please. Just wait till the these kids are in high school and mom says, "I got to go pick them up." Kids drunk.
0: God. Yeah, well, at least they're calling for a ride. Smart kids. See? Smart kids. Very kid. smart. That's smart what I did. kid. Well, as always, you guys, thanks for checking us out. This was a solid episode. Hopefully you enjoyed all nearly 50 minutes of our ramblings, oh, rants, wow. and fun. Yeah, we did, I gotta we did go. good this week, boys. Uh, don't forget to join the Purple Daily crew at Park Tavern this Sunday for Purple Daily Bentline Watch Party. Uh, Going to be awesome. Vikings might win a game. Might be exciting to see there. be there for it. If not, you, you showing up? Uh no, I'm working at the golf course. Or come see me at Loggers if it's a nice day because who wants to watch the Vikings <laughs> lose? I will be out at Loggers slinging drinks to uh, ease your Viking woes. I know, right? That's what we got to do. As always, check out all Is of that our your martini shaker, shaker Jeff. Yeah,
2: yeah. I get my martini shaker.
0: <laughs> oh, it's just a lot of. Kh-. Here you go, sir. Uh, <laughs> that would be way too much money, but we like it. What? What's your name, lady? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my favorite was uh you can stop taking those pretty pills now, dear. And I was like, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> and that's all he said.
2: So I never hear about handsome pills.
0: I know, I know. You got to be working at the right place at the right time. But so. uh, as always, right. guys, go check out the rest of our handsome fellas over on the rest of our Purple Daily content. Before I die, signing off, we will be back next Monday, hopefully discussing the Minnesota Vikings' first victory of the
1: season. Skull Vikes. Things are not good in Hennepin County.